Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This podcast contains violence, adult themes, and material that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. True North True Crime is produced on the traditional territories of the Coast Salish people. We have not forgotten. We have not given up. And that we will continue to fight until something has been done, until we see justice for Jennifer. We need, we need answers. We need to get in people's faces and make some noise. We're waiting on RCMP, but it seems like that's not going to work. So maybe we should take it in our own hands and not break the law, but, you know, make people uncomfortable. There's no mystery. What happened to Jennifer, he says is a mystery, but it's not a mystery. We know who done it. We know who's responsible. And we know who's covering it up. It's just a matter for them to talk. In the remote town of St. Anthony, Newfoundland, grief has turned to anger. When a 38-year-old woman went missing in 2016, many believed it would be a matter of days before answers would come. But days turned into weeks and then months. Then, one year rolled into the next and still no answers. How could one of their own go missing without a trace, they ask. Family and friends have marched, put up posters, raised money and given evidence to the police. But on the fifth anniversary of the woman's disappearance, many people feel that they are no further along than when this nightmare began. The missing woman was a loving mother of two, a sister, and a friend. She was well-liked and respected in the community. One night she was there, and the next morning she was gone. Tonight we present the disappearance of Jennifer Hillier Penny, and you are listening to True North True Crime. everyone and welcome to episode 40 of True North True Crime. Thanks for joining us. 
We hope you all had a wonderful and safe holiday. Hopefully as you listen to this, you are full of some good food and admiring your bounty of gifts or some sweet Boxing Day purchases. We want to thank some people who donated coffee for this week's episode. So a big thanks to Jimmy H, Paige C, and Nicola P. If you would like to donate a coffee for an upcoming episode, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com slash tntcpod. As 2021 comes to a close, we want to thank you for your continued support of the podcast throughout this year. It has been really great for us to connect with people from all over the country and all around the world. Connecting with you all has made 2021 just a little bit brighter. Okay, let's get into tonight's episode. From the information we've obtained over the past few days, uh, it has been determined that uh, this disappearance is suspicious in nature. Tonight we are talking about the disappearance of 38-year-old Jennifer Hillier Penny. Jennifer went missing from the town of St. Anthony, which is located in the Canadian province of Newfoundland and Labrador. She was last seen at her estranged husband's home in the area of Husky Drive on the evening of November 30th, 2016. There is no description of what she was wearing. However, at the time of her disappearance, she is described as a 38-year-old woman who was 5 foot 5 inches tall and weighing 160 pounds. She has green eyes and blonde hair. Her disappearance is considered suspicious. Anyone with any information is asked to call the St. Anthony RCMP. We assembled this episode using publicly available news articles. We are also going to draw on information that was brought to light by CBC's The Fifth Estate investigative journalist, Mark Kelly. This case was suggested to us by many listeners. We first attempted to cover this case last December. While many folks reached out to us, none were willing to talk to us on the podcast about the case. This included people from the St. Anthony area. Also, we were unable to speak with any family members before recording this episode. Having said that, we believe that this is an incredibly important and solvable case. We hope that adding our episode to the landscape may help in some small way to bring justice for Jennifer. As mentioned, this case takes place in the Canadian province of Newfoundland and Labrador in a small town called St. Anthony. St. Anthony is located near the northernmost tip of the Great Northern Peninsula on the island of Newfoundland. To give you an idea of the size of the province, it would take 11 hours to drive from the capital city of St. John's to St. Anthony. This remote town has a population of about 2,200 people. St. Anthony is a true fishing village. However, its high unemployment rate and high rate of employment insurance incidents indicate that much seasonal short-term work occurs in the area. This would typically be found in areas dependent on fish harvesting and processing, as well as tourism, all of which are inherently seasonal. Tourists do flock to the area. It's absolutely stunning with its rugged coastlines, passing icebergs, and rich history. Just 16 kilometers north of St. Anthony are the remains of an 11th century Norse Viking settlement called Lenso Meadows, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Life in St. Anthony can be tough, but the people are friendly and they make do. People trust one another and they rarely lock their doors. St. Anthony is named after the patron saint of lost souls. Jennifer Hillier Penny grew up as Jennifer Hillier in the nearby town of St. Lunaire Griquette. 
located about 25 minutes from St. Anthony. She grew up in a big, loving family that had seven kids. Her childhood is described as one surrounded by love. Jennifer is described as warm and kind with a big smile and bright blue eyes. People say she is very funny with a great sense of humor. When Jennifer was around 16 or 17, she met a guy a little older than her. His name was Dean Penny. The two began dating and had their first daughter, Marina. The couple married four years later when Jennifer was 21. When Jennifer was 23, they had another daughter named Dina. Dean Penny was a local fisherman, so Jennifer and Dean moved to St. Anthony, where they raised their daughters in a house on Husky Drive. Jennifer was well-known and well-liked in the tight-knit community. In 2016, Jennifer was working as a clerk at the local hospital. Outside of her work life, her life revolved around her daughters. Her oldest daughter, Marina, was 21, and her youngest daughter, Dina, was 15. 2016 was a pivotal year for Jennifer, and she was experiencing some life changes. The first was that her mother passed away in September of that year, and this was obviously a huge loss. The other change for Jennifer was that she had come to the realization that she was no longer happy in her relationship with Dean. According to her daughter Marina, Jennifer and Dean had drifted apart, and it was clear that Jennifer no longer loved Dean. In Canada, you must be separated for one year before you can apply for a divorce. So in mid-November of 2016, Jennifer had moved back to her family home with her father in St. Lunaire Grigette. During this period of time, she would return to St. Anthony for work and to co-parent her teenage daughter, Dina, who was still in high school. Jennifer would even spend the night at the house on Husky Drive when Dina needed her to. In November of 2016, Dean told Jennifer that he was going on a duck hunting trip and that he would be out of town for at least seven days. Dean Penny had plans to go to his hunting cabin, located 45 minutes away from St. Anthony. Dina, their youngest daughter, was staying with her father in their home on Husky Drive. At the time, she was a student at the nearby high school. As Dina was just 15 years old, it would not be appropriate for her to stay alone at the house while Dean was hunting. Dina did not want to stay with her mother at her grandfather's house, as it was too far from the high school. Her high school is literally at the end of Husky Drive. So Jennifer agreed to stay with Dina while Dean was hunting. Keep in mind that up until very recently, this house was where Jennifer and Dean lived as husband and wife. On November 30th, 2016, Jennifer left work at the local hospital at around 4 p.m. and drove to her father's house a half hour away in the nearby town of St. Lunaire Griquette. So that night, she had dinner with her sister Yvonne and her recently widowed father. After dinner, she drove her sister to the hospital in St. Anthony around 6 p.m. Her sister Yvonne had an appointment there. On the way to the hospital, Jennifer received a phone call from Dean. She assumed he was calling from the cabin. Here is the exchange that her sister recalled hearing in the car. She answered the phone and it was Dean, and he was saying, Are you coming home now? And Jennifer said, yes, I'm coming, I'm coming home now. He said, but are you coming home right now? Are you coming home? Yes, she said, I'm coming home right now. In a few minutes, I'll be home. After dropping her sister off at the hospital, Jennifer drove the three-minute drive to the house on Husky Drive. 
While on the way, it is alleged that she received several texts from Dean asking where she was. Jennifer arrived at the house on Husky Drive at approximately 8 p.m. When she arrived, her daughter, Dina, was not home. Dina received a text message from Jennifer's phone that stated that Jennifer had a headache, so she was going to run a bath and then go to bed. Dina had a 9.30 p.m. curfew, but she got to the house later than her curfew, so she crept into the house to make sure she didn't wake her mother. She saw their mother's bedroom was closed. She did not look inside the room to see if Jennifer was there. Dina then went to bed. The next morning, Thursday, December 1st, 2016, Dina was woken up by the sound of Jennifer's alarm. It was 7 a.m. The alarm continued to go off, and this was odd as Jennifer always woke up immediately and turned it off. So Dina got out of bed to investigate. She looked into her mom's bedroom and saw that Jennifer was not there. She looked throughout the house and could not find her mother. It was then that Dina saw her mother's stuff in the house. Her coat, her cell phone, her purse, her jacket, and her boots. Her car was even in the driveway. But her mother, Jennifer Hillier Penny, was nowhere to be found. Dina then called her grandmother, Ruby. Ruby called her son, Dean, and asked him to come back from his hunting trip. Ruby immediately went to the house on Husky Drive. When she arrived, she became very concerned and phoned the RCMP. The news of Jennifer's disappearance spread through the Hillier and Penny families. Family members called one another to figure out where and when they had all last heard from or saw Jennifer. Many family members and friends made their way to the house. RCMP arrived as well and began to trace her last steps. Word spread through St. Anthony that Jennifer Hillier Penny was missing. We are now going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey. 
And we are back. So before the break, we laid out the events leading up to 38-year-old Jennifer Hillier Penny going missing in St. Anthony, Newfoundland. Jennifer, a mother of two, was attempting to separate from her husband, Dean. Due to that, she was living with her father in another town nearby. But their youngest daughter was still in high school and living with her father. So from time to time, when needed, Jennifer would spend the night in the home she used to share with her husband to watch her daughter. On the week of November 30th, her husband Dean had gone on a seven-day hunting trip, so Jennifer was spending nights at their home on Husky Drive to watch her daughter, Dina. On the night of November 30th, 2016, she allegedly arrived at the home around 8 p.m. and went to bed. Her daughter did not see her that night, but did receive a text from Jennifer's phone. The next morning, Dina woke up to see that her mother was not home, but her car, keys, jacket, boots, purse, and phone were all at the home. Jennifer had disappeared. In the early days of her disappearance, the RCMP believed that Jennifer had just left of her own accord. This was the theory that they worked with. Even some family members held the thought that maybe this was Jennifer freeing herself of her relationship with Dean. But other friends and family members feared the worst that maybe Jennifer had met with foul play. Jennifer's friends and family members put up missing posters across St. Anthony. The RCMP also conducted numerous land and sea searches during this time. Extra RCMP resources were brought in to assist with the search, as well as the assistance of the local chapter of the Canadian Rangers, a specialized rescue team that knew the area well. On December 2nd and 3rd, 2016, investigators searched the town with the use of a sniffer dog. The dog did not pick up Jennifer's scent beyond the house. Searches of the harbor and nearby bodies of water, which included the use of a dive team, didn't uncover any evidence. Local residents were asked to check their properties for anything out of the ordinary. And on the fifth day of searching, a helicopter got involved, but failed to find Jennifer. On December 7th, 2016, seven days after Jennifer disappeared, the RCMP changed the status of the investigation to suspicious. The RCMP put out a media release that said, Following an extensive investigation, the RCMP now considers the disappearance of St. Anthony resident Jennifer Hillier Penny to be suspicious. And not long after that, the RCMP also said, there are no public safety concerns at this time. This resulted in Jennifer and Dean's home being locked down and a forensics team being brought in, where they found no signs of a struggle or suspicious activity. Her family has questioned why it took so long for investigators to cordon off the home as over 100 people bringing food and offering support had been in and out of the house over that first week, thus potentially contaminating anything that could be considered evidence. After the initial search for Jennifer was completed, the police presence in St. Anthony was reduced to only officers from the local RCMP detachment. Jennifer's mother-in-law and Dean's mother, Ruby Penny, offered a $25,000 reward for information that could lead to a resolution to the case. To help raise money to bring in a vessel to look for Jennifer in the water near Fishing Point Park, the town organized a bingo fundraiser which raised $22,500. In 
In early 2017, businesses and organizations in St. Anthony placed posters featuring Jennifer's photo in their windows and people began attaching stickers to their cars in the hopes of spreading awareness about her disappearance. Billboards were also placed near the local Tim Hortons at Fishing Point Park. Now more than five years later, many people have questions about the RCMP investigation into the disappearance of Jennifer Hillier Penny. But getting answers to those questions is not easy. In fact, at the urging of the RCMP and Dean Penny's lawyers, the Supreme Court of Newfoundland and Labrador granted a publication ban on the case, which prevents the media from releasing the names of anyone the RCMP has or had identified as being involved in Jennifer's disappearance. Publicly, there are no suspects, no persons of interest, no timelines, no theories, nothing. We do know that the RCMP conducted searches on Dean's truck, boat, and cabin. We also know that the RCMP had applied for extensions for items that they had seized during searches. But aside from that, not much is known through official channels. All that is known publicly about her case is that it is deemed suspicious. But some information has come to light over the last five years. Some of this information has come out through friends and family, while other information has come out through journalists. The first thing that has raised eyebrows is Dean's alibi. As far as most knew, he was hunting for seven days at his cabin 45 minutes away. Well, it turns out that's not the full story. It turns out that Dina, the youngest daughter, says that her dad returned to the house the evening that Jennifer disappeared. Their oldest daughter, Marina, recounted this new development. She states, He came to the house that night to get something out of the garage. He said he had to come back for his hunting decoys. My sister told me that he called her when he was coming back to St. Anthony that night just to be like, hey, what's up? I'm going to be stopping into the garage and grabbing my decoys and stuff like that. When she heard him out there, she just went out to the garage and said, bye, good night. But when Dean was interviewed by reporter Mark Kelly, he stated that, quote, the three of my girls, meaning Jennifer and his daughters, were everything to me and still are. That's all I really work for and function for is my girls. Dean then said he had no knowledge of what happened to Jennifer Hillier Penny and that he was out of town the week she disappeared. Quote, I wasn't in town. I was down at the cabin in the Northwest Arm. I was down for a full week hunting, duck hunting, right? And it's just, just really strange. But when Mark Kelly interviewed him again about the duck decoys and asked if he had returned to the house that night, Dean stated, yeah, I came back here, but my daughter was here in the house that time. I told the police that. So with this admission, Dean is back in the area at the time that Jennifer disappeared. A lot more information has come to light since Jennifer went missing. There is anecdotal evidence from her friends and family members that Jennifer was living in fear. Jennifer's friends have publicly stated that they believe that Jennifer was in fear, so much so that they had designed a check-in plan with Jennifer to make sure someone always had an idea of where Jennifer was and how she was feeling. The safety plan was designed by her two friends, Vicki Burden and Gina Elliott. Vicki Burden states that she feared for her life, I feared for her life. 
When Vicky was interviewed by CBC, she stated the following about Jennifer's relationship with Dean. Jennifer told me that he said he would make a way with her, and they would never find her, like she knew that. So yeah, it's why we had a safety plan. So she had that fear, whether it was real or not, but it was real to her. For the safety plan, they had Jennifer check in with them before she went anywhere, they said, and they took turns checking in with her. Jennifer would text her friends when leaving for work, and if she didn't text them a half hour later when she had arrived at home, one of them would reach out to her to make sure she had made it there okay. Jennifer's sister, Yvonne, recounted a conversation she had with Jennifer in the car the night she disappeared, where Jennifer expressed fear. The night she dropped me off at the hospital, we drove from Dad's up to the hospital, and on the way up she was saying, Vonnie, I'm scared. I said, what are you scared of? I'm just afraid, she said. Dean is going to come back in the middle of the night. I said, yeah, but Jennifer, Dean wouldn't do nothing to you, you know? She said, you don't know, Vonnie. You don't know. Allegedly, Jennifer's fears started when she began the separation and divorce process. Jennifer had been texting and calling a local businessman. It has been reported that this relationship was misconstrued by Dean, who thought it was an affair. This was not a romantic relationship. Instead, Jennifer was communicating with the man to get advice on divorce procedures. The man himself had gone through a divorce, so he was being helpful. In fact, the night she disappeared, she was texting him for advice around separation and divorce. In December of 2019, new details came to light that Jennifer had removed Dean as beneficiary on her life insurance policy. According to documents, on November 16, 2016, two weeks before she went missing, she changed her life insurance policy, removing Dean Penny and leaving her two daughters as beneficiaries. Her oldest daughter, Marina, was aware of the change early on in the investigation but she chose to release the documents three years later in hopes of bringing new awareness to the case. Marina believes that the day her mother signed those papers that something had happened to scare her mother. For a few years, Marina was a publicly facing force to find justice for her mother. She ran a Facebook page to her mother's memory and fiercely advocated for her mother. Her mother had confided in her that she wanted to start a new life, not a life on the run but a new life in Newfoundland, where Jennifer could still be close to her daughters. Jennifer was not running away. It was more that she was a 38-year-old woman attempting to rebuild a life from the ashes of divorce. Marina recollects conversations that she had with her mother, including a new job that she was excited about. She applied for a position as a secretary at a police station in Glovertown, eight hours from St. Anthony and not far from where Marina was living. The job application was going well. The next stage in the process was set for a few weeks later. In fact, the day she disappeared, she was asking her friend Elliot, who she worked with at the hospital, to be a reference for her. Jennifer was excited about the idea of a fresh start. Marina states, She was like, I'll be there every weekend. She's like, we'll go to town and shop every weekend, go to movies, stay in hotels. She was just so excited for it. Like, so excited. Since Jennifer went missing on November 30th, 2016, there are three main theories that are being floated. 
The initial theory in the case was that Jennifer left because she needed a break from what was going on in her life, or that she left due to fear. Given her upcoming divorce and the numerous changes occurring in her life around the time of her disappearance, it's been theorized Jennifer simply left in order to start a new life. However, everyone who knows her says she wouldn't have left without notice, especially given how much she loves her children. Keep in mind, she went to St. Anthony that night to watch her daughter. Why travel there only to leave in the middle of the night? It also doesn't make sense that she would start the divorce process and not finish it. The main theory held by Jennifer's friends and most of her family members is that she was abducted and murdered by someone she knew. But there seems to be a serious lack of evidence tying anyone to the crime. In fact, at this point, officially, there is no crime. There's just a suspicious disappearance. The final theory in the case is that Jennifer took her own life. But again, there is no evidence of this. People can theorize all they want in this case in many different directions, but the facts of this case remain the same until new evidence comes forward. Jennifer Hillier Penny was a Newfoundlander. She loved her province and had deep roots in the community. She was starting the divorce process, something that millions of Canadians have gone through. She was living separately from her husband. She had a new job prospect on the horizon and a new town that she was going to live in nearby. She loved her daughters and her family and her friends. She was supporting her father through the recent loss of her mother. One night she went to take care of her daughter and at some point between 8 p.m. and 7 a.m. she went missing from her own home on Husky Drive. Five years later, Jennifer has not been found. Local RCMP have not been able to publicly announce a theory, a person of interest, or any kind of information that will bring comfort to the community. Jennifer's disappearance has been unnerving for the people of St. Anthony, but they are no strangers to tragedy. Three other individuals have gone missing from the area since 2002. Mildred Doss Sexton went missing on April 16, 2002 at the age of 47. Andrew Sexton was only 21 when he went missing on February 26, 2006 during a snowmobiling trip with friends. And Cleon Smith went missing on April 2, 2011 at the age of 30. All three disappearances remain unsolved. Like with all missing persons cases, the toll has been the heaviest on Jennifer's family and her friends who loved her. Her daughter Marina was running a Facebook page dedicated to her mother's memory. This page seems to no longer be online. Recently, Jennifer's father has passed away, having lost his wife and his daughter in the same year. In a recent interview with the CBC, Marina indicated that she no longer wishes to have a relationship with her father. She stated, I recently asked him to do a lie detector test because I said to him, I don't understand anything anymore. I told him that I wanted him to do a lie detector test or he is never going to see me or my baby again. And he couldn't do it because his lawyer said not to. And maybe he might understand that in his head, but in mine, I don't. At the time of this episode, there has been no new information about the disappearance of Jennifer Hillier Penny. There have been no arrests, 
no charges, and nothing has played out in court. Jennifer's missing posters are still up on light posts and in shop windows around St. Anthony. The family gathers yearly for a vigil in her honor. The family was never able to have a proper funeral for Jennifer. This year on Sunday, November 28, 2021, 50 people came together in St. Anthony for a memorial for Jennifer, complete with songs, pictures, and signs. The memorial then turned into a march to demand justice. The group walked past the RCMP station to the house on Husky Drive where Jennifer was last seen. Jennifer's brother says, I can't believe that we are still having memorials five years later. It don't seem like we are any further ahead now than the morning I walked into that house with the cop. It seems we are in the same situation we always were. We hope some answers come soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of True North True Crime. We hope you have a wonderful and safe New Year's Eve, and we hope that 2022 brings you all of the success and fulfillment you deserve. Don't forget to subscribe to True North True Crime on your platform of choice. Our producers on the podcast are Shandy, Jimmy H, Jessa, Sarah B.W., Lisa Marie, Amy's Book Reviews, Thomas E., Susan S., Alex and Andrea P., Kennedy, Alberta, Cindy McD, Blair M., Alyssa S., CJ Gize, Anastasia, Ariel E., Melanie E., Kelly D., Carolyn M., Emily L., Jason D., Jimmy H., Tiffany C., Keith R., Mari M., Lorena, Queen Nebula, Maureen, Jesse D. R., Louise Rickshaw, and the Missing and Unexplained podcast. We will be back soon with a new episode, so until then, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.